Hi, you're listening to Oh Hey Heather, Tell Me a Story. Real stories, real experiences, by real people. I hope you enjoy. So I wasn't planning on doing this. I was planning on taking a break from work and doing some mowing because I have a at-home day and I love it when I have that thing in the middle of the day where I don't take lunch ever when I'm not working from home, but when I am working from home, I make sure I do because it's very healthy. I love that I can go out and be physical and break up my day and be refreshed. And then my afternoon is like, ba 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 bam. Now I'm not saying I don't do well when I don't take a lunch because that's what it is. is I just don't ever stop. And time flies when you're literally like meeting like the, you're interacting with people almost all day. So that's what I do is I try to like load up those days to gather all of that and then take those quiet days where I'm just, and then I produce and produce and produce and produce and then try to follow through, get with my actions and things I committed to doing and then get that done. And then the cycle starts again. And I think it's probably the healthiest I've been in a long time. So anyway, back to that, I should be mowing. I've just been sitting here just staring at the, just, it's such a beautiful day. It's cold outside, but it's beautiful. I can't wait to get out there. So I'm going to try to not take very long to get this thought out and document it out of my brain because it just keeps spinning and spinning. And I'm like, blah. I try to figure out why I'm always like, go, go, go with idea, 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 idea. What about this? What about this? What about this? Because I really don't care if, like, I'm trying to figure out why I continually do that when I think sometimes I'm probably too much. Like, I think I'm just too much. I don't know. I tell myself that. But I also know that I've done enough of those stupid who are you personality tests. I mean, I don't even know from DISC and Quay and whatever, the colors and then the, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many of them there are. You know, all the stuff that spit them out. I think one day I compiled them. I think I've done seven. I don't know, there's like a zero risk, and then there's a trust finder, a strength finder, and then blah, blah, blah. They're, they're always about the same. And I think they're, I always, am like, oh, yeah, I get that. It's fine. Wasn't there like something 37 or something? But I know the one that was probably the most impactful was the one that actually pointed out how your weakness affects your strengths in a way that helped me figure out, oh, this is actually something that I can work on and I feel like I have over the years. So I always keep that in the back of my mind because whenever I start hearing that criticizer inside of me that I don't like, that I think is pretty harsh because I have too many people say that's my downfall and that if I would just be more sure in that, but then I have people tell me all the time how they wish they could just be as confident as I am. So I'm so confused with myself. But I think it's when it's an inner reflection of something that would benefit me. That is when I get reserved, double thinking, I don't know. When it's something that I think if somebody likes it, appreciates it, or does, could possibly better themselves or help them get them on the right track to figure that out, aka solve a problem in the world that I just found out and threw an idea out, I like it to be more of an exchange of some people be like, well, that's the randomest thing ever. And then 
then they start thinking about it and they're like, I don't know, like if it did, like, and that to me, I don't know. It's like, I love it. I, I just, I love talking about ways to make things better and how things could be better so that people are more aware of things that you may not realize you have the power to fix, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But at the same time, I get those test scores that come back that say, and it was a, it was called zero risk, but it was saying that I had all the green check marks of being like the coolest, awesomest person if you're able to take it or whatever. I don't know because sometimes I am too much. But my hang-up is self-awareness. I think it was self-awareness, but it's it was low, like it was like red X. And it was that you're you're you struggle with feeling worth it basically is like paraphrasing it, but that because people that have it too high, they're the ones that are like, you know, the the elitists we're fighting now. <laughs> they're the ones where they are so aware of themselves that they have to figure out how to realize there's other people in the world. Like, well, mine is to where it's low, where it's not a healthy balance of yourself, so that you have to be aware that sometimes, you know, you bid too low, or you don't invoice high, you know, like you don't, um, you don't go for it when it gets uncomfortable because it's a, is it something that you can do? I don't, I don't even know how to explain it because it's like something I've just been really thinking about it. So I keep that in mind when I, I think about things and I'm, I know I'm really introing it a lot, but that's because that's what this is all about is that very thing of I'm going to say some things here and I don't know that I'm right, but doggone it, these are ideas and these are things I feel like by saying I'm going to try and do myself or if I were this person that might know this person that could affect these people, could they at least throw the idea around because they heard it and then they thought of something and, or they know somebody because some of these people I don't know, I I wouldn't even know who to call. I'd have to literally Google them and introduce myself and then what is that? I don't know, but, um, I could be very wrong. I could have experts come in with all these big degrees and stuff and say, you're dumb. Um, you, just put out ideas into the atmosphere that aren't right, that are going to get people down the wrong path. But then I'm thinking, I don't know that because I feel like they seem pretty logical and they're in areas that I've actually had exposure and experience directly with that, if anything, they can be wrong ideas because I'm cool about wrong ideas. I'll talk wrong ideas all day, but I want to be able to have you tell me why so that I can learn from that so that I can make a better idea. See what I'm saying? Or you can give me a better idea that made that idea better because this one was just the, like the, the match to helping you see the light to make a better fire. I don't know, blah, 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 poetic, whatever. But anyway, here I go. I'm not sure what to do financially with investments, okay? I have struggled with understanding and disciplining myself to see the value in building a huge nest egg. I've always been, I need it more now, or um, I know I'm going to be doing great things and I'll make up for it later, like legit. I tell myself that kind of stuff. And I feel like I've had a very... I mean, uncomfortable at times, absolutely. Like, 
I've been in places where I was a I was a single teen mom in a HUD income based apartment complex and all the things that brings with it and having benefits so that I could actually make ends meet. Like I took I was in the system for sure. And I can have I can give you fifty million stories through those systems too, which tell me today why I feel so compelled to explain how it needs to be fixed and how it could be fixed. Maybe they're right, maybe they're not, but I feel like I have strong ideas. I mean, I went to the floor in Congress or whatever you call it in Iowa, in Des Moines, the one with the little gold thing. I don't remember how old I was. How old was I? Frick. 32? Anyway, I went in there as a second generation created WIC, uh, women and children, coupons, recipients, whatever. My daughter was now on it for her kid, okay? I was a grandma. And I had been on them, now she's on them, and it looks like cyclic, whatever they call it, cycling uh, trauma, whatever, blah, blah. But you know what? I will contest that on the other different day. I don't know what theory is of why that is. We've called it a family curse. I would be willing to explore that with people that understand those things and might possibly believe in them. But anyway, long story, I'm not justifying it. It happened, and we've all fought our ways through and come out better people for it. So take that fucking statistics. Anyway. We did need that leg up. We did need that push in the beginning because we were kids getting started on our own. And there's a lot of jacked up crap with it. Um, For instance, did you know that if the mother is a minor, the father is not obligated to provide any child support whatsoever or in any way because it's on the parents of the daughter to take care of that situation. And I don't know how that, how that applies, but I would assume, I would assume, if you were someone living in California who has it now legal to have within a 10-year gap, eight, ten, 8 to 10-year gap, before it's considered abuse. So do that math. You could essentially be a 23-year-old guy and knock up a 13-year-old. You ain't got to pay for that. So you know who does? Mom and dad, well, guess what? Mom and dad are probably not together. I mean, I'm just going to say, probably didn't work out. So you have that dynamic. And then maybe there's a reason why that person was exposed to that sicko freaking perv in the first place. I don't know. I can't tell you that because some people are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful parents that just have kids that get taken into some other outside realm and are abused. Okay? So... Not ripping on it as that, but I'm just saying, you don't know what the home life of that kid is. That should be up to some type of counseling support analysis of stability with a minor raising a minor to ensure that the support system is in place. And anyway, there's that. The other is, you make a baby, you're going to pay for it. Now, I'm not saying that that should have, like... In this case, does that mean while they're serving their time in prison, any type of earnings they make inside of prison goes to that family? Frickin' absolutely. Give him his pack of cigarettes or whatever and say the rest goes to that kid. Welcome. And you'll never get to see it again. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not saying that either. I don't know. 
But this is going to take longer now, dadgummit. The... I didn't even want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about finances. I got off on the whole side tangent of all of this. But anyway, I was in Des Moines on the Congress floor presenting to them how I could save potentially. And I don't even remember. It was, I put together this whole presentation. I don't remember if it was $2 million or $7 million, but it was millions of dollars that I could save the taxpayers every year if we would just allow... WIC coupons to buy the value-sized cans of formula instead of the middle high-priced, it's not the best bargain of the selection on the shelf, do your math can. You know, the can that if you're broke and you got to go buy yourself some formula, you ain't picking that one. You know, the can that if you go to the gas station at 3 a.m. because you need Pedialyte and some Similac, you know you're going to pay double for this thing that, damn it, you could have got the value size and tripled it. And my local representative at the time, I think his name was Lance Horbach, he said, I like it. Let's go. Took me down there. Got me in the room. Let me start and present, explaining the whole situation, showing them how, as a grandmother and a mother who has already gone through this, and now I am supporting my child and my grandchild in my home, 100%, 100%. Do it again in a million freaking years. Anyway, I have to supplement the formula because the other thing they don't take into account, because I've found out here's, here's where the rub was. FDA recommends X amount of ounces of formula supplement per month for an infant. By buying those value sizes, we were giving them too much. They could have fat babies. To which I said, so you worked it out with Similac to have an expensive unvalued sized can on the shelf that you use these coupons for to redeem to buy at that expense to all of us so they don't have fat babies however you're not even taking into account spillage how many times that baby falls asleep on you and that bottle sat over there and you were like I'm not messing with her she's sleeping and then you have to dump it out because it can only last two hours. Two hours, you got to dump that shit. It's no good. Don't give that to your baby. Babies puke. Golly, puke. Puke it right back up. And then they're crying. And then, you know, they get over it because their, their little reflector thing is still forming. So sometimes babies just vomit because they vomit. I learned that when my daughter projectile vomited, scared the living shit out of me, splattered on a wall, and I'm bawling. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. I'm 16. I got this baby. It's just freaking psychoed on me. And they're like, no, no, this little flap, it's uh, still developing. So please, as they get older, that goes down, and then, you know, the vomits. So sometimes it can happen, blah, 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 blah. So taking that thought, I'm like, some babies do, man. They just spit up and they spit up. And then you know what they do? They're fine and then they're hungry again. So then you got to go make another bottle. 
or maybe they get up in the night and all they wanted was just a little bottle, but you made four instead of two, and then you ended up wasting that. You got it. It's a system. I don't know. I was just like, whatever. And it got turned down. They were like, no, sorry. FDA, we have to go by what they say. We can't give them excess of that. So it all comes down to ounces, guys. That's all it was. Back to finances. I know that the Amish do not have social security numbers. They don't have to. They're not required to. And the land that they own is their community. That's their sovereign land. And they, they used to have it set up that where, how they bank is is they all, you know, like, it's similar to like how they, they do things. Like they build things and have companies and run things, but they still honor their religion and their values of like no, no man-made technology. Like they, they're just like no technology. That doesn't mean they don't use like smart technology. They just don't use like electric. And um, Now they are getting there because of just the uh, capacity to which they're doing in the modern world. So I think that they still honor their traditions at home. But anyway, I'm... Whatever it is, I know that they're pretty darn strict with their stuff. And because you're, if you're a bank, and that's why they've always used little local community banks, because local community banks rock, by the way. And um, I've learned so much reading and studying and understanding all of it because of uh, different clients I have that require me to do some of their um, like content and stuff. So I'm always like reading and reading and reading. Like, it's just so fascinating to me. I'm thirsty. So what they do is they're legit. They don't, I mean, they run companies, they have businesses, but by honoring the numbering system, because, you know, when you're born, you're stamped with your numbered code that you take with you until you're dead. That numbered code, they believe is like a mark or something. So they're like, we don't do that stuff. And they don't. Well, you have to have that kind of stuff. You have it to have any kind of number. You got, you know, driver's license, all that stuff. They don't drive. They ride their buggies and stuff, and they have drivers. So they have drivers, they have accountants, they have uh, outsourced technology companies, and they don't do any of that. Like, they, they really don't. They have um, a place, you know, like sometimes you'll see it's almost like a phone booth or like a little shed that does have power to it. And it's like all else fails communication, but I don't know how that all works. I don't know the rules. I don't speak to it. I, I couldn't tell you, but I could tell you the people you could ask to find all that out. So they're legit. They, their taxes, their deductions, all those things happen, and they go through that entity, and then they have accountants that run it, like normal people. Not normal meaning that they're not normal. I'm saying society people, like U.S. people. So recently, I'm saying recently, like... I don't even know, since the pandemic. It's always been that the accountant, there's like, there'll be like one trusty guy that has his social security number and all that, and he has his agreements, whatever his agreements are with them, and he's legit. He is their their person. You can open up their accounts and do everything by banking, which is what you want. You want everything banking. You don't want cash running around. It's the same thing they're doing with the marijuana industry right now. Most people are hand-tied. They cannot touch anything that touches the leaf. 
That's, that's how I learned it when I read about it. It's touching the leaf. If, like, for instance, if, if you're a tier one, you're actually producing some type of legal medical marijuana somehow in another in this country. So you're either growing it, selling it, dispensing it, whatever. Then you got your tier twos. So those people are the ones that support the company. So they're like um, the doctors that prescribe it. Um, the electric company that sends power to the buildings, all that kind of stuff, I think. Or is that tier three? That might be tier three. Tier two would be the building. Yeah, tier two is like the building. And then tier three is like the power that runs to that building or um, like companies that help them keep it going. I don't know, whatever, the contract, subcontractors of them. It's kind of like you got the Amish. And then people under them. So tier two was the one that was doing the banking for them. But it was all legit. I mean, there's no thing. But you got this one guy who has like an entire community. I don't even know how many are in the community. 200, 300, 400 people. And they all have their own agreements with how they labor and work together. And they all get their share of what they do. And then they all operate out of the same bank account. So it's like... They treat the bank as the main bank, and then they all bank within themselves through paper and tracking, and then they pull cash here and there when they need to for their own things because they know how much of it is theirs to take. Does that make sense? So it's, it's all fine. And now they have nowhere to bank. They had the, the feds came in and said, no, you won't do that anymore. You either get a social security number or you're not going to have anything tied to your accounts. And I don't know, like, I don't know how it went down. I don't know all that stuff. That's, I only read the output. I I wasn't in the rooms or anything like that where any of this happens. But in trying to understand it, they basically said, you're not allowed. We'll fine you if you do it, like that kind of stuff. So they've been turned away from a lot. Now they're turning it around with marijuana banking. They're starting to get a little looser with that. There's more regulation people involved. There's compliance companies. And like there's a lot of uh, resources coming to help people do it ethically, like legally. And uh, I don't know what else. I mean, you're just banking it. You're not in any way... If, if it's a business, it's a business, like a business is a business, a business. I, I can't tell you if there's something going out the back door of a pizza shop. I don't know. Everything looks clean and good and honest and we follow all the policies set forth. So like, I don't know how it all works. That's why I just read about it and then write about it. But um, I think the Amish should uh, figure out some, that, I mean, they, I don't know. I can't speak for all of them, but the stereotype is that they do very, very well financially and they have a lot of money because they are so, uh, I mean, they're a lean working machine and they've just, they've got their own security system of wealth amongst them that they're very humbly not even, I don't even, I don't know what they do with it. I don't think they do anything with it. I think it's honest day blue collar labor people that are millionaires because they just keep at it. And, uh, 
I say, man, get some land acquisition going and get some civil attorneys on you. Protect your liberties while you have them. I mean, I can't speak to all of you, but I hope you're all in there doing voting rooms right now saying, what should we do? We've got funds. We don't know how long cash will hold true, so perhaps it's time we expand our protection and our sovereignty and our land and gain more of it so that we can figure out our future while the whole world around us burns or something. I don't know. <laughs> I know that sounds extreme, but shit. Uh, next one, Native American settlements. I'm not talking reservations, but reservations pay attention. Look towards settlement agreement modifications. Hello? I think that, okay, so the difference. Uh, It's a big difference, and people get offended, so pay attention to that too. A settlement is a different agreement. A reservation was plotted and assigned where a settlement was given in land exchange. So if you're on a Native American settlement, which is rare, um, there is one called Meskwaki, Sack and Box Tribe of Iowa. They have one. Good for you. Um, good for you. That means it's, it's there. They're a sovereign nation. So if they truly wanted to become whatever it is they, they have a vision of them becoming, they do have the power to create peace and cultural pride and heritage and heal the trauma as they have been also in that cyclic uh, oppression of mind control for much longer of um, generations than many. And I think that's where the key is. I don't think we have a racism problem. I know that they say it because that's how they see it and that's what they think it is. And I know there are people that do see it and say it like it is because they bought into hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and hearing it until they've misconstrued what their problem is. So yes, I'm put that over there. I'm saying from my perspective, I think that we divide people at local levels based on those things while everyone suffers silently on other things. And I think that the settlement could reinvent what their new future looks like and have the power to do it because they're getting hand over fist funds through this whole COVID shit and also get it from all other things. Like there's no doubt the government is paying them out and paying them off. But what they're doing is, is it's because it's so cyclic, there's not an, I don't know how to say it. Like I see so much potential and hope and healing, but in order to do so, they have to quit dividing by their clans. Like, it's kind of like how in America right now, we're, we're all divided on so many different levels from who we voted for to whether or not we get shots in our arms to whether or not we uh, like rainbows or if we agree on what things are. And it's just it, like split, split, split. It's like that. Uh, it's like a shattered mirror of like pick a pick a place, but there's no safe place. It's just it's bizarre because at the end of the day, we're all Americans 
and we all are wanting to, like, they've got us. Like, let's, we, we can, like, whew, I wish they would just, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I would love to spitball it and help think it out. But the first thing I can say is, is don't allow any uh, inner turmoils. I mean, heck, they got, they've got wild, wild mauling dogs, pack, pack dogs, a woman, 28 years old, mauled to death, getting her mail because of dogs that were let out like German shepherds and like the bigger more and have been going for years and breeding and you know, my, my daughter, who I'm so, 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 so very proud of, who works there and does wonderful, beautiful things. And, uh, man, talk about some, some issues. I hope that they can figure out right now how to have equality within themselves by gender. Because I can't believe, like, a woman still can't even own a house. Isn't that nuts? Like, they're finally starting to lift that a little bit. But you got to have the man get you the house and it's like freaking inner Compton man it's the same behavior it's like trailer court West Virginia it's like any pick any other place where nobody has any respect for relationships or any type of accountability for how many baby daddy you got like it's a Maury Povich too and I don't know why because there's so many wonderful people it's like there's what causes that it breaks my heart that it breaks their hearts. Like, so much broken heart makes me so much sad. Because it's so beautiful and wonderful and amazing, and it could be so much. But I say that about everywhere in America. I say that about every trailer court. You can live in a trailer court and have a nice, pretty trailer court, and everybody be getting along great and not breaking hearts and doing drugs and dying and... <sighs> despair. It's like Despair the Shawshank kind of thing. And it is, it's that feeling of trap. And that is trapped because that's what I was getting to this whole conversation. Look at me, it took me a half hour to warm up to my whole point. I wrote something a long time ago because I remember a significant moment and I didn't know why it was significant at the time. So I just fully documented it and took it in and said, Thank you, little nugget. I hope you'll serve me later. And today it hit me. I was in the zoo, in the aquarium. And in the aquarium, it's really nice. But it has what looks as, or is simulated to look like, almost like a submarine style. You know, like with the grommets and the metal. And, and then what you would be thinking that you're looking out into, you're actually looking into like a, a tank of really cool-looking exotic fish you would never see, especially where you live when you can't see your feet anyway. Those are the ones that lurk down there and suck you under the frickin' river monsters, which is never going to happen. Never getting in that water. Tell you what, though, if somebody would invest, I have a perfect honey hole of a spot. I would want to create an entire river monster's bed and breakfast. Get carp bigger than your boat. You're going to have to use, like, some type of wires and shit and do it off the off the pike or something. Anyway, back to the point. I'm in the zoo. 
And I remember looking at a seahorse. And I felt like it was just sitting there. And it, and it was, because they do that. I, I wasn't special. That's just what they do. But it was just sitting there. And its little tail was like, I get tight, I get big. I get tight, I get big. And it's just sitting there being a seahorse. And I was, like, looking at the tank size. And there's a couple more seahorses over there and one over there. And I was like, man, can you imagine being that seahorse? Like, what do seahorses do? Like, I can watch a show all day long, but all I'm doing is hearing their best guess. And right now, as far as I'm concerned, every freaking science, medical, doctor, PhD, DPP has a best guess. And unless they lived or had some type of science to show them that they've seen patterns themselves, that they know it for sure, because that's what doctors do for real before they just read things and then remember them. I think that the fact that all these people having taken their flu shot every year. And every year I know it because I get asked, did you get your flu shot? And I was like, nah, I'm not into that stuff. But, I mean, good luck. And that's what I've been saying because I've been saying it for years. I've had it twice. i got two stories. Disgustingly made me sick. One of them almost cost me a lot because I was five months pregnant. And I was high risk, which is why they said, please get it. And I'm like, all right, fine. Sick is my freaking life. It's the last time I ever got it. My son is 16. Anyway, I'm fine and I'm not mad. Like I wasn't, we all got along about it. Even at work, it's like, oh, you can get five well vibe points if you get your flu shot. No thanks. I will go ahead and take, watch these videos for five, Alex. And I did and it was fine. No big deal. However, the conversations, like we all know, and this is taking anything I've learned lately out of it at all because I would have never thought nothing of it. I would be 75 years old having, oh, nope, I don't get it, but thanks for asking. Good luck with that. So please hear me out. <laughs> it's funny because we know that we know it's a flu strain that gets shot in your arm. So we know that they shoot us with this stuff and it's got a strain of flu in it based on which strain they think we're going to get. So, I mean, they're trying, you know, they're, they're really trying. So what they're doing is they're giving us a shot and then, you know, if, if it is the wrong strain, which it could be because sometimes, I mean, you're going to get flu anyway. If some people get flu and some people don't like some people are like, Oh, I'm glad I got the shot because I didn't get it. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I didn't get the shot because I didn't get it either. Anyway, I think that there's that. And in itself is we were like, we already know. It, it's a toss-up. Like, for I mean, it might work or might not. Then you get the flu and you're like, yeah, must have gave me the wrong strain. And then it ends up being, this was the flu strain of the year. And they're like, oh, it was that one. None of us remember us because none of us pay attention. It was the V1BH34NS, whatever. And I'm like, I bet those motherfuckers. <laughs> like, you know how you get codes for work? Like if you have an action ticket or a, like a logistic code or, you know, 
shipment package number, like, is that just which one it is in the lab file? Is that how they get the name of it? Like, oh yeah, we pulled the file, we called Ukraine, or, oh, we got Wuhan on the phone. Yeah, they said it was the H1463BX. Damn, silly bastard, I picked the H4638295. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe. It really was the 6PX4352 and they shoved it in the arm because they knew that 38% of you wouldn't be able to fight it off. And then everybody else would get it because you got it. Because it was still alive in the vial. <gasps> Who knows? Who knows? But... H1B3 blue bird flu burbider is, uh, I just read it this morning. It's, it's, they found it. Found it in China again. China's. <sighs> Crap. Is that why they locked down that city of 25 million people and have them imprisoned right now? No shit, that's coming our way. Every single politician left and right's getting the COVID again. I ain't heard the C word since the last time I talked about see you next Tuesday. So, guess it's coming. Merry freaking graduation season. Stay away from those kids. <laughs> Back to the seahorse. I'm looking at the seahorse. It's got those other seahorses. And I'm thinking, I wonder, like, does it sleep? Does it look... I mean, I know the guy has babies, so he's not getting out. He's going to be there for you. So that's good news. It's kind of like those science experiments you watch on Netflix. <coughs> those, like, married at first sights where they put you in a room together for a week after they marry you because they think you're compatible. Do you think seahorses can be compatible? Like, what if you're in one of those... Can you imagine if you're in one of them tanks and you don't like somebody? Oh, wait. We already have that problem. It's called work, offices, and uh, communities. <laughs> so my thought was when I was looking at that seahorse, I thought, Mr. Seahorse? And I think it's Mr. Seahorse because he had a really big belly or something. And if they have the babies, then it's probably pregnant. Mr. Mr. Seahorse, you are inside of a tank, inside of an aquarium, inside of... The water theme, whatever part of the North American exhibit of the zoo in the city, in the county, in the state, in the country. By the ocean. you're never going to see. And this has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not we should have zoos. That's been coming up a lot lately too. And I'm like, Psh, you know what? Why not? Let's just burn the zoos. Turn down. Let's take down all the statues. Like, fuck yeah. Like, you know how sad it is to go to Kroger and I don't even get to see Aunt Jemima no more. And the Land of Lakes girl's gone. That Land of Lakes girl was so cute. I always thought I was like Pocahontas. 
And you know what that little Pocahontas made me think about? Native Americans. And you know what Native Americans made me think about? The first Americans. You know what the first Americans made me think about? The government. You know what the government made me think about? They hate all of us. You know what I wanted else to tell them? We're you too. You want else I want to tell them? Ain't got nothing to do with skin color. It's got to do with class codes. And right now, you're the trailer court people, and you don't have to be. I want to build you up. I want you to take a rank amongst all of us, and I want us all to be friends, and I want us to have cornball tournaments or freaking parties or whatnot, and I want us to all say, we did that, and we told the government where they could stick their shit, and we don't need their handouts, and we don't need all their money because we have our own, and we figured out how to cut off the supplies. And that's how we got to cut off the supplies. And you guys have money, so go buy land and stuff. What you're doing, but just heal. Just take care of one another. Stop hurting each other. Just, I don't know. I know that sounds hard, easy, but, and it's not. It's complicated. It's so complicated. It's so many levels of so many places. I mean, heck, I can't even be anywhere where I can perfectly say I can do that. So I know it's a lot of ask, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Hug it out first. Have like a sweat lodge with all of you together or something. I have no idea, man. But you have the power to help us. We are not your enemy and you are not your enemy. But you are your enemy right now. So, back to what I was trying to say about the seahorse is I feel like Sometimes I'm a seahorse, but I know that a lot of times I know there's an ocean. And I believe in the ocean. I believe in God. I believe in heaven. I believe that this is whatever this is, it is. Is it a matrix? Is it a simulation? Is it a repetitive merry-go-round where I'm now just cracking through the fact that I'm in a tank in a city, in a county, in a place? Or... Have I always been in that tank? We've always been in this tank. And it's not until we truly understand that there's an ocean that we can get this tank to go away. Because we can. And I don't mean that we have to go kill and storm and troop and all that. I'm saying we can rise above. And I would love to try every single nonviolent way possible until we have exhausted all measures and we haven't even scratched the surface. For instance, just like I said something about maybe Amish can look into what they're going to do and how they're going to expend on that and get themselves protected so that this isn't more deterioration for them because the more people like them that can win, the more people like that can help us figure out how we can too. I'm sure they have vast knowledge that we don't understand and we have that for them as well. Second, I know I'm not rich and I know that my money is sands in a pebble on a beach to these F-tards that are really truly looking at us as nothing but mere pieces on a play game of lab rat profits. It's disgusting. We are all slaves. Yes, we have currencies. Yes, we have trading and bartering systems that allow us to do the things we think we want. And I think that's fine. I would have been fine in that matrix but they kept getting greedier and greedier and greedier until when you look back at everything I remember, I mean, I'm 46, so I don't have as much. But when I question people and they look at it, you don't think about it because things happen slowly over time. And it's not until you really stop and think about it that you realize, holy shit, nothing's changed. 
you know, when I was having my daughter, I was in premature labor a lot, and it was a very scary thing. And I remember, I love that sublime song, April 26, 1992, there was a riot on the streets, tell me where were you? I was in a hotel, or a hotel, fuck. I was in a hospital bed in the jank ward of where welfare goes on top of being a teen mom, getting these horrible shots injected into my arm that made me shake and seize like uncontrollably for at least the first hour. But it stopped me from contracting. And I was alone because I was 50 miles away from my family unit where uh, my brother and I, let's just say we were at odds for many years. Um, Parent works second shift, long days. Like, I mean, I'm on my own. (laughs) And uh, I'm in this bed. And I remember how scary it was because it was riots. It's exactly what my kids see today on the TV, if they watch it, which now it's YouTube, so it's probably just some type of indoctrination, brainwashing that I don't know yet, but so far so good. I've got good, wonderful, wonderful kids. But, um, right? It was, it, it, it was burning. It were the same cities. It was LA. It was, uh, like New York. It was like all these cities that we hear about today, the big blue cities, tearing it down, busting it apart, destroying small businesses, crushing everything around them all because Rodney King was beaten by black guy or by cops. And I think he was on drugs and stuff, but I mean, it, it was just an uproar, signs, posters, protests, everything. All this stuff. Same stuff. Same Antifa. Same stuff. And I was so scared because I was like, what's happening? You know, they, they drug a trucker, uh, Reginald Denny, out into the streets and beat him alive because of his skin color. He was white. And... Um, Bill Clinton was currently running to be uh, elected in the fall. And uh, he was going to unite everybody, get this to stop. And I also remember I had an infant that fall. And I was careful and paranoid of her going anywhere because there was a uh, flu A that was severe. It was a very severe flu. It was going around through the nursing homes. Uh, It was affecting the elderly, the young, um, vulnerable. And it was highly recommended that we were not to go places or expose them. And, you know, me having a baby, like, because not only did I have her early, but she was severely jaundiced and she had to stay a full week back then. This is 30 years ago. She had to stay in the incubator with all the lights on her uh, naked. They used a little surgical mask and tied it all around her as a diaper to collect pee and poos. And she had a cloth but strong like well they were cloth now that I think about it holy shit Brie maybe we figured out your eye problems 
I got a 30-year-old that's fighting like early glaucoma and cysts and she's always got eye problems. Oh my God, did I just have a breakthrough? Did I just have a breakthrough? Could it be? I don't know. Because it wasn't the same material when my other sons had it. Because my younger boy, that would have been 16 years ago, he was also born premature diabetic with me, but he, uh, they were different material. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, theory. Who knows? We'll talk about it. I I was just very drunk. Like, I, and I was also being, I was in, like, I don't even want relationships where I, ah, I truly believed I could have her taken from me at any moment and killed. Just because. Call me crazy, call me stupid, call me emotional. By the way, I also, I mean, you have a baby. I, I know I now have anxiety, not anxiety. It's more of like this weird, like, don't touch my baby. Weird, like I can't leave my house kind of thing that I do have to take medication. It helps with, but I didn't know that when I was uh, 16. I knew it at 30 with insurance. So night and day experiences. Um, yeah, that was 1992. So fast forward to now and go figure. I'll be danged if we still ain't got burnings and protests and racism and color and this undefined ability to fix it. And yet all the same people, all the millionaires, millionaire, gazillionaire, billionaires, whatever they are, are the exact same people that were telling me then how much I needed them to help me. And uh, I just posted on um, Truth this article that I thought was fake because I like to look at iFunny, but iFunny is fake. It's a lot of times, it's just, it's jokester. So if if somebody has something out there, like I would always want to double check it before I see, but it's like, hmm, more often than not, they're on to something. They were just making a joke. And this one was about a man who found out that after he donated his mother's body to science because of her long battle with Alzheimer's, that the company that took her resold the body to the government for 5000 and change. And the purpose was to blow her up in bomb testing. I thought, oh, come on. I'll be daggummed if it wasn't on Reuters.com, HuffingPost.com, um, Daily Mail UK. And I always figure if the fake news supports that kind of a um, joke, meme, Legitly, like it was written as if a, like the horror, can you believe this? It wasn't, you know, a good thing. It wasn't spin to be like, honor your God, the government, which is what runs me. No, it was, no, this is some jacked up shit, but it got buried because nobody sees stuff like that. Until you see a funny meme and you're like, no. Turns out it did. So I was thinking to myself, self, 
we can't support anything like this anymore. You get a number when you're born. You are taxed every which way to Sunday. You get your earnings taxed, what you spend taxed, what you buy taxed, what you sell taxed, what you give taxed. And then when you die, they want to take your body and make your family spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to give you the proper burial that is filling you full of chemicals to preserve your body way longer than it ever should have, like taxidermied, so that everyone can see you whenever they can conveniently get there in time to see you and send you off. To which you'll never back, ever clearly return back to the earth of like ash to ashes, dust to dust. They'll be like, no, that's not happening. And then, or you can give us the vessel back. And then we'll collect tax dollars from the government to pay us bank on your loss. So that they can do war game testing with more of your taxes. Ah. Or I could say, you know what? I don't have a lot of money, but I do have some money. And it's in a 401k. I'm locked into that 401k for as long as I'm employed. I can't get out of it. I like 401ks because it's a great theory where you take money and the company matches your money and you build a retirement nest egg, which is what everyone should have. Problem is... It's Vanguard. I don't want my money in Vanguard. I know that they don't give two flips about my money and that it's nothing in their big bowl, but they're corrupt and they're bad and they're helping the government do all this stuff to us and they know it. They know they're doing bad things to us. So therefore, they are willingly in the know and covering it up and playing along the script as well. They are not our friends. They are our enemies. We must take our money out of Vanguard. Well, where do you put your money, Heather? Great question. I don't know all of that, but I do know there are local community investors who only do like stocks, bonds, and securities that are American-based, and they can help you guide a portfolio that makes both of you good money while money's still getting good. They exist. It's real. I met one. I'm in love, and I'm trying to do that. Thing is, is I can't move my Vanguard because I still work where I work, and I want to work where I work, so I'm screwed there. However, I'm able to now decrease it down to 3% only. I was putting 10% in because I'm trying to like build up a nest egg and make up for lost time. I changed it to 3% because I'm taking the other seven and I'm giving it to them and they're investing it all locally. So I'm at least decreasing what I'm doing there and I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Like I got to figure out how to do this because I want my money out of it now, but I can't. The other side, anything tied to BlackRock, anything tied to that, get out of it. Don't support any of this woke crap, okay? I know it's hard. I know, but I have been off of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter for over a year and three months. And I do get sad that I miss a lot of things, but you know what? I don't. If everybody got off of it, you would find other ways. And I know, I know you can say, well, Heather, Snapchat, that's wrong. It is, it is. But you know what? I like aura frames. So aura frames are picture frames that you can get for your mom, your grandma, or somebody else, and then all of your family logs into one group, and then you can upload photos. And on the photos, you can even write little comments on them. It's like Facebook posting. 
for closed groups on the frame. And then if you own that frame, you can then make different groups for different ones. Like my parents are divorced. I have one Aura, Aura app and I have my mom's group and then I have my dad's group and I know where I want to put my photos. Like for instance, if I'm hanging out with my dad and I take a picture, I'm not going to go put it in my mom's group, but I'll put it in my dad's group. You can do that all day long. It's almost like your own Facebook, but it's the people that you want to see. And if I want to show them a photo of my son graduating, I've got a place to put it now. I know it's a little more closed in, but doggone it, that's okay. We got to get out of this rat race anyway. It's getting too big. And I love everyone and I care about everyone. If I see people or talk to people or write to people or talk, whatever. But there are all bad people that are running them and they know they're hurting us. They know that they're lying, manipulating, censoring data and giving us false news on things to try and influence your decisions and influence your thinking. They're trying to brainwash you into believing what they believe, whether they're even giving you the chance to think about it. So think about it. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And I know, I know, I still order shit off Amazon. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm getting to the point now where I don't think I need a Prime membership. How's that? And I know I'm still ordering off a of Walmart. It's like, I'm trying. I just bought my granddaughter a Moana doll. I know, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But I'm trying. I am looking for ways to cut ties where we can cut ties. I want to figure out ways to quit pumping into the federal government and helping instead reallocate it amongst state and county and city. Like, how could we figure out a way to do that? There's got to be a way to do that. I know that there's great minds out there. And quit property taxing the shit out of ourselves. Holy crap, we're never going to have homeownership. They're going to take all of our properties and it's all rentals and apartments. You will own nothing and you will be happy. We got to stop. Look at every blue city and quit modeling it. If you're doing the same thing they're doing, stop. If you're starting to see drugs and you're starting to see bad things and crime, even if it's just a little bit, it's time. Reassess, reassess, reassess. What are we doing different? We got to keep connected. We got to stay in communities because that's why we all get stuck. Fame, fortune, and freaking paycheck driven. We all got messed up and it's okay. We all did. We all did. But doggone it, there's an ocean. We don't have to be in these tanks. And I know I'm thinking it's, you're like, oh, we're going to do breakout and walk out of the park. No, I mean, it's mental. For us, we're not the seahorse. We're not a seahorse. We're a breathing, living human being that has the power to do whatever we want to do. And if we can get all this to be fixed, we can all sit down and have a great conversation about what to do with seahorses. Our zoo's right? I don't know. But I know that being trapped and locked in, if you watch prisoners, like watch Shawshank, watch these shows, that's really what we're doing. They're tightening them up on us and tightening up on us, and it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And then we can feel like there won't be ever an ocean. They're taking it away, and we can't let them take it away. We have an ocean, and we know it, and we have to fight for it, or we'll never see it. We will. They won't, but that's not for us to tell now. So for now... I just want to preserve my grandchildren and have a great day. I'm going to go mow. And there you have it. Another episode of Oh Hey Heather. I hope it has made you think of a story of your own or how you could relate to this one. Or if anything, just something you could enjoy. Thanks everyone and have a great one.
I am just sitting in a chair on my deck on a yet still muggy but much better than it was today 90 day heat wave summer but I still welcome it taking in the birds squirrels little suburbia critters I have the most beautiful oak tree. I don't even know how tall it is. It's 100 feet. It's huge. All my flowers are freaking out and growing because of all this weird rain and sun and heat. Thriving. It's beautiful back here. It's like an oasis. And I was thinking, you know, I'm helping, like, co-company uh, up that builds finished backyard offices and they drop them off. And I've been in charge of the marketing of it. And I'll tell you what, some days I just, it's, it's a um, part-time, part-time, part-time even though it's the coolest thing ever. And I think it's so neat and fun and how fun And I look at this oasis and how beautiful it is. And I thought, you know, I'm technically in like a, whatever you'd call it, executive senior manager, blah, 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 blah. I hate all this stuff. Whatever. I do pretty well for what I think and what I do. And I'm still, you know, in a modest 17 hundy. Three bed, two half, bath, beautiful, cute, little suburbia, but oh, I got beautiful trees and privacy and so appreciative of that. Even though I have colleagues that have done much better with their management of whatever it is they're managing, but I've analyzed that a lot and rethought that a lot and think about it a lot because now that I'm at a place where I really don't know what is to come and what is to happen, but I know that I feel we're all more aware and apparent of this being our time on earth and what we do with it that has made us all rethink and ponder and rethink again. And My heart goes out to all of those that haven't had the support systems they needed to adjust and adapt to what we're facing now or been subjected to all of the gaslighting and brainwashing and crazy messaging and twisted trusts and silliness of hypocrisies of common sense and critical thinking laying on top of emotional intelligence to understand that we're all being screwed and yet this oak tree seems very real to me so I do believe we are here and that this is our place and that we are all here together to make a decision on what we want our together to be and I just want to be a light a witness and experience and I started thinking about it you know I think about resumes and oh you know you look at jobs and you do job searches and you're like oh what do I want to do how do I want to 
socially contract myself to somebody who will oblige me to how they control my time so that I may complete their objectives and goals to allow them to incorporate more success in the hopes that I could possibly advance or get higher up or maybe even, dare I say, get freaking F.U. money. And uh, then you realize we've all been indoctrinated to chase the money to mark the success and you're like that's like a whole nother day of sitting here on the patio just staring at the trees (laughs) listening to the birds and wondering what 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 turned down for what and it makes me excited because I feel like the more I'm challenged to think through something to find peace and calm with it the more I'm apt to apply it in other ways that help me further navigate this place and seek the journey that we all do which is of enlightenment and utmost some type of happiness joy I mean isn't that what you're all seeking life liberty and the pursuit of happiness is true it really is I believe that to be true so clearly and identified and yet we all live in a world where others decide for us what that defines us and is us as a place where we happen to just end up by zip code or birth. It's, it's rather bigger thoughts, I know, but I find that sometimes when you understand what motivates others to hurt others, you'll understand what motivates you to make sure it doesn't happen and find that solution, whatever it may be. And for all I got right now, it's I can give you 50,000 doom and gloom reasons of why I'm wondering just how long this facade of backdrops and Hollywood stages will last. And yet I'm also humbled in peace to know that there's enough of us together that by finally realizing to just get past all the bullshit, clean it all out, get it out of your head. Don't let them live rent-free in your brain. Just get it out and find the joys and the pieces and the things that fuel you and the things that you can do to contribute to the bigger picture. Like, we all have so many skill sets and things and every job and role is critical and how do we do that to thrive as a community and live? I know I could probably afford a bigger house. I know for sure I could. And we joke about that with my husband all the time. I don't know if it's that lack of self-awareness I've mentioned before that keeps me thinking I don't deserve things, so I don't go for the price, but I go for the work. And that's okay. And then there are parts of me that think I have this thing where I just... I'm too afraid of what money can do to jade you or taint you. So I always make sure I don't have enough of it so that I'm always somehow authentic. I don't know. Who knows? It's so deep and weird and thought process. But needless to say, I have these wonderful thoughts and discussions. And I did get confirmation that my Aunt Sherry is going to have her next podcast with me and share some of her stories that are so inspiring and beautiful and motivating. See, she was a hospice nurse as well as a delivery nurse. Those were her two nurse specialties before getting into neurology, and she's ready, and we're going to talk, and she's going to tell us stories of 
what she experienced when people have transitioned, what she's experienced when people have found Jesus. And she's going to tell us about how she sees people leaving sadly and where she feels our systems are wrong and how we can improve them and where we've lost critical skills and nursing and expertise. And she's going to share all of that with you and more. And I want to focus on that. I want to focus on good and experience and light. But back to the resumes, I was thinking, if you list your experience... You know, we usually just ex- list our experience of what our job was, what our title was, and how long we were able to hold it before we either left or were told to leave and ended that social contract of obligation. And we don't necessarily talk about what we learned from it or what we walked away from it or what we knew to do or not to do instead of what we tasked out for ourselves. And I was like, what if you had like a life resume and you were like, uh, spent 30 days in teen treatment, spent a night in jail, lived through parent divorcing, um, had promotions, passed GED and didn't even have to take the essay, um, passed blah, blah, blah with flying cover colors, uh, moved up with no education on your resume for 10 years. Like, Experienced miscarriages, lost loved ones, gained loved ones, blended families come together, uh, met new people, traveled to new places, saw new things. You know, I always think people talk about, oh, they squandered their money. You know, I don't squander my money. I've always lived in a means of just being you and happiness. I mean, yeah, sure, I may not be very conservative with what all I put in my retirements and 401ks or whatever, but I try to be ready in case something breaks or something fails or I lose my job. You know, the reason why I don't buy a house I can actually afford is because I want to make sure I can afford it if I'm a waitress. And why not? I'll make it the best, coolest, neatest oasis of a place it can be. It doesn't have to be huge and expensive. It can just be mine and paid for. And then I can have a little bit more say in what I do because I don't have all the FU money, but I want to have enough FU money that if my friends call me and they want to go have dinner and I end up finding out that I've had three dinners that week, I can swing it. If I find out my kid needs help with a down payment on something and they give me a call and I need to drop a K or whatever, so I'll be like, yeah, no problem. Where do you want me to deposit it? It's fine. And I don't have no regrets. If I want to go to Mexico, I'm going to go to Mexico. And now, sadly, I'm in a place where we're living where you, you're you thinking twice about it. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know when you're going to travel. You're not going to know when you're going to see that family or pop in on that place because everything's soaring past me now. I thought I was doing good, and I thought I was doing great, and I'm glad I did because otherwise I'd be upside down. And right now I'm like, all right, we're getting by. I can still afford ground beef and a commute to work a couple days a week but tell you what that back office in the backyard if I knew a company was going to offer me that and say all you got to do is run a 30 plug amp to it or get a solar panel you know and it's your place and you can sit in there and it's 
gorgeous and you got sunlight and prettiness and quiet and heating and cooling. Heck yeah. Sign me up for that contract. Anyway. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to be nice. Try to help others see that it's all a big, weird, sicko charade and we can get this together because there's minority. What's that movie, Ants? Go watch, like, the Ants from Disney, even though Disney's pedophilia land now. Then I don't care. I still want to try and hold on to the treasures I knew to be true. And that would be to go watch the movie Ants and realize that we're being run by a bunch of mean grasshoppers. A bunch of dicks. We can get past this and help. I want to end Gotham. I want to end all these negative cities and tents and homeless and all that. Mental health, all that. we got enough money in this country and resources. If we would just lock it all down and figure out how to clean our house before we have the party, I guarantee we could make sure that everybody in the, had an American citizenship would be taken care of, cared for, as they should be. As, and then once we get all of our people taken care of, that's when you expand out and you start helping all the other countries and you help them heal and you help them get fixed. I want a global healing. Don't get me wrong. But right now you got to start in your backyard. You got to clean your backyard up and our backyard's America. Let's go. Thanks.